ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. When you think of a workshop, you might expect it to have a very blokey, macho atmosphere. But here in Ties Hill, there's a different group of construction workers on the tools and getting their white cards. I like physical jobs and handy jobs, and in Iran I didn't have this opportunity. I'm Laurie Dixon, and on this episode of Newcastle Cast, how refugee women are finding their feet in an unexpected profession, the construction industry. These women are breaking silos. You know, those structural silos have been created by religion and cultures. She can support her life and not need husband. Freedom. Yes, yes. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm interviewing you. Hello. I'm Larice. How are you going? I'm meeting Aziza Mwari at Zara's house, a refugee centre for women in Jesmond. Aziza is full of energy and enthusiasm. She's even brought scarves and embroidery she's done to show me. You can just tell she's someone who lives life to the fullest. I was a journalist in Afghanistan. I activity woman because I had course dance and sing, swim for women. Back in Afghanistan, Aziza did it all. She was a television journalist, dance teacher, swimming teacher, you name it. But this made her a target in a society where women were not valued. Every time a Taliban, like, uh, put lighter litter in my home to, we will kill you. Uh, Left everything, like dance, like sing and... Uh, you uh, journalists want to teach bad culture, Afghan woman. Everything took for me. Like, if me want to uh, continue the journalist, some TV say, sorry, Aziza, it's dangerous for my TV. Because after uh, many times, maybe bomb in my, yeah, for that, I cannot continue my job journalist. Uh, Just make for me my life stay home. But it's too hard for me. Eventually, due to the continuing threats from the Taliban, Aziza left Afghanistan, making her way to India as a refugee. But her goal was to resettle in the West. One day, UNHCR called me. We want to send you Australia. You, you like? I say, yes, I'm so happy. I like. Told me we, uh, Sydney is expensive because I am just one person. Can you go to uh, uh, Newcastle? I say, how is Newcastle? It's very good, yeah. I say, okay, no problem. <laughs> but I come to uh, Newcastle. I like it, yeah. yeah, very good. It always was my dream to live in a free country and now I'm here and free. (laughs) Newcastle is also where Sayida Aliyari ended up. She was born and raised in Iran where she studied a master's in marine biology. While her husband could get work as a university lecturer, she wasn't allowed to work. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a job because uh, Iran is a religious country. Our government is religious and we have a dictatorship. 
it was very difficult for especially for women because women they don't have some you know right even in my own country i was treated like a second citizen and i didn't like it actually from the time i knew myself i wanted to you know go from iran to another country to be free Sayida and her husband knew they needed to leave Iran, so they began looking for opportunities for him to get a visa. There was a supervisor here, a lecturer at Newcastle University, that he was, uh, you know, working with him. They were, you know, writing essays together. So he proposed to him, not proposed, what's the word for that? (laughs) He suggested that the only way that I can help you is that you apply for another PhD. It took a bit of time, but eventually Saida and her husband found their way to Newcastle and were able to get permanent residency. This is the story we hear a lot of many migrant and refugee women who have resettled in regional Australia. The story of where they came from and their drive to end up in a country like Australia. But once you make it here, what happens next? According to the latest census, there are over 11,000 young migrant and refugee women living in the Hunter region and the Central Coast. These women are hungry for a new life, but they often don't have the support networks and skills to find the type of work they want to do or to build the new identity they want. I have many refugee uh, friends here, especially Afghan, and unfortunately many of them because they uh, don't have any education and they even they don't can't, you know, read and write in their own language. It's very difficult for them to communicate with other people. Someone who knows this feeling of migrating firsthand is Professor Temi Egbelakin, who works at the University of Newcastle. My name is Temi Tokwe Egbelakin, but you can call me Temi for short. I'm a professor in construction management at the School of Built Environment and Architecture, uh, University of Newcastle. I moved to Newcastle in 2019, which is almost five years. And um, I'm a migrant myself. I left my hometown, my home country, Nigeria, in 2000 and probably 2005. It's been a long thing. It's been a long way and I understand what it is to relocate and migrate from country to country. Temi had the lived experience of moving from country to country. But it was only after getting to Newcastle that she realised there was this vacant space for women who had migrated as refugees. And Temi only realised this when she bought something off Facebook Marketplace. When I got to Newcastle, I bought something on Facebook. And I went to pick it up and I met a woman who told me that, I said, can I, I don't have cash, can I transfer to you or do a pay ID? She said she doesn't have a bank account. So it, it, it kind of dawned on me that though we're in developed country, Australia, but there are a lot of women who, whether directly or indirectly, have been left behind. They have no work. She, that lady was, she's been living here for eight years. They've been left behind, no money, no job. There's nobody to hold your hands and say you can do it. So this is where I started thinking about it. I haven't met this woman again, but um, I thought about it, that what can I do as a woman who has been a migrant? I've not been a refugee, but I've been a migrant. And I understand the challenges of, you know, coming um, to a new country, starting all over, you know. Temi saw an opportunity for these women in a field you might not expect. So I started thinking, what can I do to help? So I started thinking, yeah, we have a big gap in construction. Post-COVID, there's a lot of money that's been pumped into this project. How can we help? And there's one area that has never been thought of. We have a lot of refugee women sitting at home doing nothing. 
Construction is probably not the field you'd imagine for refugee women to join, but it is an industry with high demand for labourers and workers, one where you can make good money and also where workers can learn transferable skills. So I know how hard it is for migrants to be able to join the workforce, especially in the field that they have expertise in. Don't forget about the transferable work experience. It's not really that transferable from one country to the other. Temi reached out to TAFE New South Wales and together they created a brand new training program aimed specifically at young migrant and refugee women to help them learn the fundamentals of working in construction. So this is like basic entry level where they learn how to use um, tools, they learn they already have their white card. You get a white card means that you understand health and safety on construction sites so they can visit construction site even as a labourer, they can start working in that space. They are learning carpentry, they are learning a bit of uh, plumbing, a bit of electrical. So what they are basically doing at the end of the day is to develop a skills or understand every bit of construction. We were approved to train 50 women, not just to train them in certificate in construction, but to be able to you know, provide apprenticeship opportunities for them as well as leadership, business skills, confidence building skills, CV writing skills. This training is in line with how construction is changing as an industry. Female participation is steadily on the rise. According to Master Builders Association, in August 2023, 12.3% of the construction workforce was female. At the same time, though, there's a low representation of called, culturally and linguistically diverse, women on the worksite. Temi wants to see that change, and she hopes this program is a pathway to making the worksite less white and male. I hope that this project in the long run, you know, long run, long run means the long term, 10 years, will increase um, representation for card women in construction. We want to be able to tell our daughters that, oh, look at mom there, she's running her own business, from, you know, being a concreter to, you know, running a business in concreting. We've moved from zero to 15% of the journey because once they start thinking we want a job as a laborer, you know, that is a big thing for me. And then they start thinking of, we want to start our own business. We want to, you know, I think the two of them said they want to start joinery business. We have not even taught them joinery. They've been reading. <laughs> I'm at the TAFE campus in Ties Hill. I'm in the workshop watching Saida and Aziza on the tools. Part of their final project for their Certificate 2 in construction is making a little cubby house, complete with working electrics and plumbing to showcase their skills. We, they are going to be building a house from scratch, but it's a small house that, you know, at least you and I can enter, you know, a playhouse that we can donate back to the community. The program has been running for a few months now, and there has been a high attrition rate, but that's to be expected. There's a lot going on if you're new to the country. Let's say you have three kids, you just landed, you have to find school, you have to find accommodation, you have to feed them. It's very crazy. So resettlement is a big thing. But the women who've been able to stick with it are already getting a lot out of the work. We've seen that confidence level increase. And once your confidence level increase, your self-esteem increase, you, will, you see the glow in their faces, in their eyes, when you look into them and say, how are you doing? The excitement is there, which wasn't there from the beginning, which is something I'm excited about. The plan is hopefully to get these women skilled up and employed on worksites across the Hunter. Aziza and Saida are here, learning what they can. For Aziza, you get the sense she just loves learning about anything. Going construction course, this is too interesting for me because everything uh, is too interesting. It's not hard, it's too easy 
For me, uh, construction course like play game. Yes, I was before uh, journal, uh, journalist. It's not important I all time for my life continue journalist, journalist. Every uh, person I think like uh, sometimes different job to change. For me, it's too interesting. A construction uh, job, yeah. Maybe a few years I uh, continue construction job. Sayida, on the other hand, is thriving on the physical nature of the work, a newfound passion in a way she wasn't fully expecting. I can use my hands and uh, uh, really I like to do a job that I can work and create things, you know, and um, that people can use it. When I enter the course and now we are, you know, learning how to use the tools, making things, it's very um, enjoyable for me. I like it. Do you think that you would ever have had these opportunities in Iran if you'd stayed there? I'm sure in my country there is not even one woman working in construction site, yeah. Back in Iran, as a female, I was a second citizen. And even as a, as a kid, you know, when I wanted to do the things that my brother was doing, they said, no, you're a girl, you can't do that. You should not climb the wall, for example. You should not do this. And always I was wondering why. What's the difference between a you know, boy and a girl? Why I should not do these kind of things? And uh, maybe the main reason for me is that I can do it as a woman. And it's not a difference between me or a man. If I have the feeling that I can do it, I have the power, I have the physical, you know, confidence, yeah, yeah why not? I don't think there is, you know, anything manly and womanly. It depends on the person. If you want to do something, you like to do something, you can do it. And I think if we go and do this job, that would encourage other women and they, you know, maybe they want to join it in the future. For me, when I'm using the tools that we always see the men are using these kind of tools, it's very enjoyable and I think it gives me power, really. It, it's kind of that, see, I can do it. It's not difficult. Newcastle Cast is produced on a Wabikul Country by Toby Hemmings and me, Larice Dixon. Our executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. Let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review on your podcast player of choice. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.